Mason, we spend a lot of time on this podcast talking about scouting. That's right, Jeff. We both know the importance of being trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. What? Not boy scouting, you knob. Scouting locations for photography. Oh, God. I guess I should take off this neckerchief then. Today we're joined by Daniel Kennett, who is launching a new app called PhotoScout. It's an incredible app that makes planning for outdoor photography shoots a lot easier. You could even say it photocombobulates it. Uh, Daniel, pardon my friend here, he's got a case of the puns. Maybe we could talk about something a little more interesting than our puns here. Yes, yeah, okay. yes. First of all, let's also be clear. PhotoScout is going to be uh, – it's just iOS. Is that correct? At the moment, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Hopefully Android in the future um, and on the Mac as well, certainly. But uh, for now, just, just iOS, yeah. Okay. Uh, iPad also or – Yeah, yeah, yeah. It works on the iPad straight away. Excellent. Great. Yeah, I've been using the app for a little while, Daniel, and, and I want to say that it's – it's not a new idea, right? This idea of being able to tell when the sun or the moon or certain events are going to line up for your outdoor photography. But for me, I'm not highly technical. And so using something like the photographer's ephemeris or photo pills has always involved a pretty steep learning curve. And I never feel like I'm really getting much below the surface of the app. But with PhotoScout, it was really simple right off the bat. It was intuitive. And it said, okay, it's basically saying, what do you want? I'll tell you when you can get it. And it, it was just straightforward and easy. And I, I kind of caught myself thinking, there's got to be more to this. <laughs> this is supposed to be harder. <laughs> I imagine that there's more to it on the other side, in the development side. So, so Daniel, j- just to start off, can you give us a description of, of what it does? Like uh, p- for people who are just listening to this, what are we looking at here? Well, that's kind of you to say. Thank you. Um so PhotoScout is uh, an app we built, and I'm really bad at the elevator pitch for this, even though we've been working on it for a year and a half. Sorry, but uh, <laughs> the idea is you you tell it what kind of photograph you want. Like our examples are like, you want to see the Northern Lights over New York, which is quite rare, yeah. but you need the clouds to be gone so you can actually see it, and it needs to be nighttime. Or you want the sun in a particular place above a statue or a monument or something like that. Like Manhattan Henge is is a common example there as well. Mm-hmm. And the the idea is you tell it what you want and then you just leave it. And then when it's time for that photo to be taken, if you like, like when everything's ready, when the conditions are correct, you'll just get a push notification saying, hey, go back to that place at this time and then the photo you want like the conditions will be perfect and you're good to go yeah our our tagline if you like for it at the moment is you say where we say when (laughs) so the the idea is yeah you say i want a really beautiful sunset and i'm using my drone for this one so the wind needs to be calm and and so on and so on and then you'll you'll Mm. you'll get notifications or you can see on a in the app like there'll be a graph of when everything lines up and you're good to go yeah, that's one of the yeah. things I really appreciated about getting to know the app was that it you can set different layers of conditions. You just keep adding conditions to it. You could be as simple as, I just want the moon to be over this building. And it'll say, okay, well, that's going to happen on October 5th. Yep. The moon will be over there, but it doesn't say what phase the moon is. And you can say, oh, wait, I want the moon to be full. Okay, well, that's yeah, not going to yeah, happen yeah. then until this date at this time. And then you can say, well, it needs to be clear. <laughs> Right. And so you have layers of weather data, layers of uh, yeah, exactly. you know, astronomical data. And then, of course, you have all the location based stuff, too, which is yeah, it's just yeah. awesome. Yeah. And, and what we're launching with is um, like we have a big list of things that would be super cool. Like, oh, the the, uh, the space station or the planets or the Milky mm. Way or uh, there's so many. But we, we have to start somewhere. So we're going <laughs> to eventually we decided to release what we have and then wait for the one star review saying oh it doesn't do x this is stupid <laughs> and then we'll add add what people are the most angry about it's missing basically um, <laughs> but but i think i think we've got a good good kind of base yeah um of, of what's in there so yeah, yeah i was really sunsets, happy you know, to see yeah. aurora forecasting in there because that's something you know jeff and i both live in somewhat northern latitudes not as north as you but 
you know, occasionally we'll get Aurora um, down this far south. But the the apps that I've used in the past to forecast Aurora is, you know, they're they're sketchy. They're really difficult to understand, and they're um, you know, hardly ever right. And so your app has got this layer of Aurora forecasting in it that will alert me if it's going to happen. It's, it's- yeah. So so Aurora's tricky. Like we're in a similar situation here in Stockholm. Like we're we're quite far south of the Arctic Circle, so we we get the Aurora occasionally. But it's still quite rare. Where mm-hmm. we and sometimes I'll wake up and it'll be like, oh man, I missed it last night. So the tricky thing with about Aurora forecasting is it's only accurate with, I think, the the, the lead time where it's accurate is measured in minutes. Mm. So anything yeah. further than, I think it's three quarters of an hour out is a mm. guess. Yeah. And then I think it's maybe 45 minutes, I'm not sure, we're, what we're using, which is the US okay. NOAA-based thing. And that's actually accurate from 45 minutes or so. So... We only really know that far out. So we, we have a forecast and then a, a more accurate reading. So the, the, the push notification, that's quite, quite important yeah. for that one. Um, well, and yeah. because you can layer it with meteorological stuff you could if it's cloudy it won't wake you up <laughs> in the middle of the yes, night yes exactly you're right exactly, exactly right so, yeah, yeah. Check out oh the no it's cloudy, and you go outside yeah. and you're like what yeah that's- well <laughs> well the exactly, thing that i appreciate yeah. about yeah. this is you know again being in seattle i think we've actually gotten more auroras than i expect to and you know occasionally there'll be some some great ones that you could actually see from seattle but if you want mm-hmm. to actually go see auroras, like I live in Seattle, that means I need to get in the car and I need to drive, you know, at least a couple of hours either north or east to get away from the city lights and get to some open sky and see where it's more likely to be able to actually see it or, you know, at, at the very least more likely to be able to pick it up on my camera. And so it's not just a matter of, oh, the moon looks good. I'm going to step outside my house and go look at the moon. It takes a little bit of planning. Like you got to have a – if you're really serious about it, you got to have a go bag. you got to be ready to go. And having any kind of advance warning on that just makes a huge difference. And, you know, that, that also applies to – like, for example, I was in Portland a few weeks ago. And if I had known that this – you know, sunset is going to be really worth get, going out for, or maybe this morning sunrise. I want to go to the Piddock Mansion and I want to shoot the sunrise. <laughs> you know, do I know for a fact that at you know four thirty when I wake up everything's going to look great? No, you got to kind of plan for it, and to have at least any advance information helps because at some point you're going to be like, I don't want to get up. I don't want to show up when it's all yeah. cloudy. There's that critical moment, right, where you're laying in bed and you're warm <laughs> and you're like, is it worth me yeah. uncovering to go do this? And I don't know, Daniel, I don't know what it's like in Sweden where you're at, but here in the United States, we have a lot of great meteorological forecasting apps. We have a lot of things that work really well here, but we don't have one place where we can get all of this stuff bundled together. Right. And everybody that has an iPhone now wants everything in one spot. We want a super Mm -hmm. app, right. That gives us weather location, astronomical, all this stuff right now. If, if I'm like Jeff is saying, if I'm laying in bed and I'm like, is it worth me getting up early to go chase the sunrise? I'm going to consult with three or four different apps before I make that call. And what photo scout seems to be promising is the ability to not wake up and then look at the apps, but have the app wake me up if it's worth getting up for. <laughs> and that's amazing to me. That's yeah, that, yeah that, that's kind of the idea. Like, that's, like it was born from me kind of doing a similar thing. Like we, we go, my wife and I would go on a weekend trip and I'm like checking the weather and checking, you know, the, the astronomy apps to where this and that are and if the Milky Way is visible and <clears throat> like a light, pollution map to see if there's anywhere nearby um we don't actually have light pollution yet but it's coming um and it's just a pain checking four apps every few hours and uh yeah that that was one of the things like we we, i don't know if you know our other app um like have a small business here in stockholm and uh, our other app is called Cascable, and it's for working with SLRs like Canons and Nikons and Sony's mirrorless cameras. And it's like a remote control kind of tethering-y kind of workflow app. And the the pitch there is you can leave your laptop at home and just use your phone or iPad. But the 
we have like a list of ideas it's like it's a document and we write an idea in and then it'll sit there for years or it'll get deleted because it's bad or it'll get implemented because it's good and this one we just had like oh it would be cool to get a notification when the sunset is good or something Mm -hmm. and that sat there for years and (laughs) it just it never went anywhere because it was a decent idea but it was hard and like four or five years it just sat there and eventually we like one you know i was checking a bunch of apps as like, oh, we should do this it's hard but we should do it it'll be fun i like the idea i'm a few phds short of knowing all the maths needed for this but i i don't know it it, it was just kind of one of those that I, I wanted it and the idea never really left left my mind mm-hmm. so, so all right go on, we'll, we'll take a while but we'll, we'll give it a go all right so the question is like how does yeah. this happen? I mean, obviously, you're not going to say, well, here's how we've done it and here's how someone else can engineer an app to do it. But what's involved in, in all this? Because I have a hard enough time just remembering what my little app that says what the what the cloud layer is going to be and like like navigating that. So how do you go about predicting the weather? <laughs> in, it, oh, that's a good question. So thankfully, mm-hmm. we we can rely on others. So there's a bunch of weather providers. Uh, we, we don't really have the expertise right. to do weather predictions ourselves. Um, <laughs> I say ourselves, myself. We're a very small company. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So like all all of our like data sources are external. Mm-hmm. So like the the weather, we use a company called AccuWeather, which mm-hmm. you may well have heard of in the US. And there's a bunch more, and we plan to add more because people sometimes have opinions on their weather provider. So the, the app, the core of the app isn't super duper complicated. So we, we, we take weather if the user set up a weather in a thing. And we take NOAA's Aurora forecast if they've asked for forecast. And there's a thing called Sunset Vibrancy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just kind of take all this in and then we just, okay, for weather in the next certain amount of time, the users asked for no clouds and the weather service tells us there'll be no clouds, like in these ranges of times. And then, you know, we, we run all of the things the users asked for and then we kind of merge it into like columns where they're all matched. And then that output, if you like, is is the core of, of what it is. So that all these things the user asked for are true in this unit of time. Yeah, so it's so, if this, then that, right? Pretty sort of much, yeah. yeah. Um, and like we built a, a, a basic-ish like, engineering prototype in a month or two, a couple of years ago. And it worked okay. But the rest of the year and a half of work from them until now <laughs> is making it not terrible. Because uh, <laughs> we found that like weather forecasting is inaccurate and variable, as you know. But then there's the... You know, there's a forecast and then there's the now. And the now is actually like a reading, like it's a thermometer somewhere. It's it's a reading somewhere. So, you know, we could have the forecast say there's no rain, but like a rain cloud goes through. So when we get to now, suddenly it's raining. And then that would kind of bombard the user with notifications because it was changing all the time. Or if they asked for, like when, when we say clear skies, we... Mm-hmm figure like 20% cloud cover or less is, mm. is clear. And if it's just hit, if it's, the forecasts are just sitting on 20, 21, 19%, that would also bombard the user with notifications. So it's a ton of work with that, making the UI nice, like, you know, uh, lots and lots of things. So the, you know, the core isn't super complicated, but the, the fingers crossed, like what I really hope is what makes this nice to use and a pleasure to use and useful is we, we do a lot of work to kind of filter and, yeah. refine and you know be nice yeah um, is if i show you a screenshot of our engineering app <laughs> it looks horrid like it's, it's just like a horrible iphone list of like times and the, the app now is a list of times I mean, essentially but it's a lot lot nicer um yeah. yeah the ui is very elegant and simple and i appreciate that as somebody who cannot handle clutter <laughs> i just can't do it Thank you. Yeah. and I want to say that it's worth clarifying, you know, and we really encourage people to try this app out. Go get, go go download it, check it out. One of the things that really sets it apart from the other photo planning apps that I've used is you can create multiple scenarios. So they're called scenes, right? Is that at the right yeah, nomenclature yeah, yeah. I'm using? So you create a scene, yeah. you hit a little plus button, and you create a scene, and you, it's it's a recipe. I want uh, this location, this weather 
this astronomical, the, you know, whatever layers you want to add to it, complicated you want to make it. And it will tell you right away what your chances are of seeing that if it's a, a nearby event or if it's more of a distant event, like a, a lunar event or something like that. It's going to tell you a specific date and you can just leave that in your in the app. You can just leave that scene and make another one. It's uh, all of the other apps I've used. It's right now. This is the thing we're talking about. This is what we do. When you're done, you make an, you just reset and start, a, start again. In this case, I could make 30 or 40 scenes for my area around my house and say, wake me up if the aurora is going off and it's clear. Wake me up if the moon is right over the north tower of this bridge. <laughs> you know, wake me up if, or give me a few hours notice if you think this is going to work. And it's, it's a set and forget type of thing that works really well with my type of approach to photography, which is opportunistic, right? I'm not out to make a photo today unless I can make a photo today. It's, it's, it's not a job for me. It's supposed to be fun. So I, I appreciate that. And I wanted just people to understand that it's, it's a totally different kind of an approach. And from what you were saying, that's not easy to affect that. But the, the simplicity of the app tells me that there's a lot of thought that went in behind it. Like you're saying, it's, it's, it's really pretty wild. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. The, my, um, my photography has become like that as well. Like I, it, we work with cameras every day, you know, with the other apps we work on and stuff. So like with any hobby that's become a job, the actual fun part of photography is only like a, a small amount of time now because, you know, we, we have work to do. So it's quite opportunistic for me as well. And sometimes the weather around here is beautiful and sometimes you get auroras and sometimes you get beautiful sunsets and crisp white snow in the winter, but sometimes it's horrid. Uh, so I, I like this is born from the same thing. Like just wanting to mm -hmm. say, so, oh, if this happens, that would be a super cool photo, but like I don't want to check it every day. So yeah, that, that's kind of kind of the idea, and um, we hope as well. Like photography is a very technical kind of pursuit. Sure, you can put your camera in the green box and off you go, but but typically you don't, and then you got to care about a thousand other things. So we wanted the app not to be one of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, we we don't want the users to have to. It's clutter. Care, but like yeah. we we. We we joke it's the an app designed not to be used, right? You set it up and then you just you just look at it, like you don't touch it, you just look at it. So yeah, I, fingers fingers crossed. It's always very nerve wracking releasing a brand new app. Like it's terrifying, but hopefully it'll, <laughs> it'll do okay. We say this a lot. Anything that's going to get you out and shooting is good because. I mean, it, it, you can tell just from our conversation so far, it is so easy to say, you know, I am warm and I am comfy in my house, or I've just made, you know, a hot beverage, or it's so easy to not do it. Mm -hmm. And to be able to have a reason that doesn't mean I have to restructure my entire weekend or my entire life because I need to go make photos, there's that friction of, all right, this has now gotten to be a lot more work than I expected. And now all right, I'm going to go and maybe get a sunset, but ugh, I'm in a bad mood. And then you don't make good photos and it just sort of compounds itself. And so anything like this that will pop up and say, hey, you know what? Tomorrow night you're going to have a good sunset or this thing that you've wanted is coming up. You can plan for it and have a good chance of it being there and like all of that. Like that that's great. The other thing that I wanted to mention is – that I love the fact that you're not assuming that I, as a photographer, am also a weather expert. Everything else out there is like, we're going to give you all this data and here's where the sun's going to be and here's the atmospheric levels and the pressure and all of this. And I'm not a weather person. Granted, I should know more about the weather as a photographer and I'm trying to learn that. But I also, you know, like there are a million other things that I need to learn. And turning that around gives me that sense of, look, I can trust these guys because they know what they're talking about. And they can just give me the good fun part, which is go out at this time at this location and you're going to get a good picture. And we're handling all the prediction and all that and the percentages. And you just go have fun. We're going to take care of all this. And for some reason... 
I don't have a comprehensive knowledge of all the other apps, but all the apps yeah. very much seem to be the other direction. It's like, here's all the information, take it and do whatever you need to with it. And I'm just like, I'm going to drive around and see if I get a good picture and then I'm going to go home and sulk, you know? We're going to go find some coffee. We're going to go find some coffee <laughs> somewhere, yeah. And Daniel, I, I, I get the feeling that <laughs> you you are just like Jeff and I and that you have other things you'd rather be doing than wandering around hoping for a great photograph. Yeah. It's really frustrating for me as a somebody who's who's passionate about photography but does not get to do it every day. It's frustrating for me to to spend a morning or an evening kind of fruitlessly seeking the light that doesn't happen. But what's even more frustrating is <laughs> And it happens probably once a month for me personally, where I'll be making dinner and my daughter will look out the window and go, daddy, it's a beautiful sunset. You should go take a picture. <laughs> and it's what she doesn't know is that she's stabbing me in the back with a knife <laughs> because I can't make a good picture from my house of the sunset. I need to drive for a half hour and then mm. I can make a pretty picture. Of the sunset. <clears throat> oh, too so seeing the sunset Painful. out my window while I'm cooking dinner. <laughs> You know, it might as might as well be Elvis running by, <laughs> you know, it's like not going to get it. I missed it. It's too late. So it, this app, I think a great tool for those of us who maybe could shoehorn in a photo shoot if the opportunity existed, but we're not going to make that time every single day, mm -hmm. just in case, right? We just don't have that luxury. Now, Jeff and I both know photographers who make a living photographing beautiful sunsets and sunrises and moonrises and moonsets over our respective cities. And they spend a tremendous amount of time scrutinizing the apps and saying, okay, I want the moon behind the Space Needle. This is the one I've seen like 20 times this year. Mm. I want the super moon behind the Space Needle in Seattle. And I, can, <laughs> I know these three or four photographers are shoulder to shoulder on this particular hill you know, with their 1200 millimeter lenses, <laughs> like shooting this time-lapse. That's not me. I don't get to do that. I don't, I don't, mm. that's, you know, I have kids, I have things I have to do, but if my app pings mm -hmm. and says, Hey, there's going to be a great sunset in a half hour, I might be able to throw my drone up. I might be able to get out for 15 minutes and put things on pause and, and go grab that exceptional sunset in you know, in 15 minutes, but I'm not going to block out three hours of my day every day for mm -hmm. that. <laughs> so this app is a great, is a great tool for this. <laughs> None of the other mm. apps, uh, have a, have the drone in mind and Jeff and I both fly occasionally and, and it's nice to, to get beautiful drone photos to be able to have a parameter in the app that says, Hey, it's also good flying weather <laughs> is really, really nice. Because sometimes that's the best way for us in, a, in an urban environment, especially to get an interesting sunset photo or an interesting sunrise photo. Mm -hmm. And to know whether or not I can launch my drone is really nice. So uh, here's an ask in this question. Mm -hmm. Right now, I know it's, it's, it's a wind based. If the wind is under a certain amount, it's, it's yeah, good, yeah, yeah. good to fly. <clears throat> Are you going to be able to put in there at some point mm -hmm. a layer that says and where you're at, it's actually OK to fly? Legally. Ooh, interesting. That's that's a good idea. Um, that would be nice. Um, I don't know how complicated it is to get yeah. all of that data, especially internationally. Um, but that's a really good good idea. Um, yeah, because locally yeah. I know, like over my house, I know what the airspace is. Yeah. But if I'm traveling, I'd, I'd have to go to another yeah, app. Yeah. I'd have to open an FAA app or somebody else's app and look and look and see what that clearance is. So... I know that's a big ask, but that that would be another layer as a drone that's pilot. That's a really good idea. Because yeah. we, we were already planning on doing again another thing for the future that we didn't have time for for this is like if you set a location for say something in the sky at night, but you, you do it in the middle of a city. We we want to go. Hey, there's a ton of light pollution here. Mm. This is this is <laughs> unlikely. Like, or if you ask for snow in the desert in the Sahara, it's like this is unlikely to ever happen. And like adding, you know, if a thing that if it knows you want to fly a drone, hey, this is a no-fly zone, or you need clearance here, or mm -hmm. what have you. And that's just, that's a really good. Really good add it can add it to the big list. Okay, okay. So some, I can't some promise. Future. We'll have a look. Um, we'll have a look. Yeah, yeah. We'll have a look. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's, well, that's, that's just a big list. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. I got my it's one star review ready. Quite the approach we're going for here. <laughs> oh no, no. <laughs> listeners, listeners, do not throw one star reviews just to get that's your feature added. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't do. You can yeah. you can reach out. to I him really shouldn't separately. have said that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Reach out to him separately. So yeah, so, we we joke because we have to joke or we'll cry. I think yeah. As a, you know, a very small business, it's this this app, you know, the apps we make keep the roof over my and my wife's head and, like, a couple of other employees and, like, seeing, like, one star, this app doesn't have this hyper-specific yeah. feature I want. It's useless. It's, like, <laughs> oh. it's not one star, though, is it? No. It's still a good <laughs> app, but it's just not for you. Exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> you can take a star a away, helpful, but... but you don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. This well, would be good if it had this, or this would be better if it had this. is is much nicer to see. But uh, yeah. So, am I correct in this? So, this is cloud synced. So, if I build a whole bunch of different things and then install it on my iPad, uh, all of those things will show up on the iPad too. Yep, that's okay. right. Yep, that's great. And and you did you had a fleeting mention of a Mac based app eventually, so we could sit on our big screen and, and do these. Right now, you products. can if you have an Apple Silicon Mac, you can install it mm, now right, that's on right. an Apple Silicon Mac, but it's effectively just running the iPad app on your Mac. So it works, but it's it's an that's iPad fine. app in a box basically. So we, we I yeah started my career as a developer as a mac developer so i want to make a really nice mac app and we will do eventually but right now something is better than nothing so so it works on your mac too um, well and my sense is that most people almost everybody has a mobile device yeah, yeah. that they're going to use not everybody has a desktop that exactly, they employ yeah. for that sort of stuff so you're hitting the you're hitting the low fruit i just want to plumb a little bit down the side down the sure. business side because i think that it's easy for us as um as consumers to look at the app store and look at apps and say, Oh, four ninety nine mm-hmm. a month or thirty nine ninety nine a year or whatever. Oh my God. You know, it's just a death yep. by a thousand cuts. I want to get your perspective as a developer and as a business owner. It sounds like it, I, it sounds like lots and lots of time, years of work have gone into this app. And when you go to price an app like this, uh, it, you can just throw whatever you want at the wall and see what sticks. Right. Um, yeah, we can. Yeah. Can you talk about your pricing structure and how that's going to sustain the product and 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 you as a business person? Yeah. So um, maybe to give a bit of a little bit of context, if that's helpful, um, we our our bread and butter app at the moment is the Cascaville app I spoke about before, which very quickly is a tool for working with Canon, Nikon, Sony, Olympus, um, mm-hmm. six manufacturers plus phase one. I'm forgetting two of them. And that app is very much like a professional workflow app and automation. You can automate your camera like very workflowy, you know, get work done with this. And traditionally, traditionally, you would make an app, you know, back, back in the days before the app store, you'd make an app, <clears throat> sell it, and then version 2.0, you'd sell an upgrade to people at a discount if they wanted the new one otherwise they they'd keep what they had no mm-hmm. trouble and that was kind of a way of sustaining ongoing development and sustaining the business because you can charge people again but they get new features and they get a discount and th- that worked really well like people were like as happy as they could be when you're asking for more money again because um, if they didn't want to pay they could just keep what they had yeah. and then it was fine um Unfortunately, the App Store makes that model really difficult. Um, you can technically do it, but it's very difficult because you can't prevent somebody from upgrading to the newest version. So you have to build that logic of whether they've upgraded it or not into the app. So mm. you have it, it just becomes very complicated. So instead, and what did happen in the early days of iOS was a race to the bottom. So just prices came down and down and down and down. It just wasn't sustainable. That seems to have kind of uh, it's not over, but it's it's better now. Like we mm-hmm. charge, so so for for that workflow app, we let the users choose. We sell them a one-off purchase for sixty dollars, sixty US dollars, or they can subscribe. And unhelpfully for switching to one or the other, the split is about fifty-fifty. So like half of our users choose to pay sixty dollars and have it, and then half of our users roughly choose to subscribe because they can it's cheaper for a shorter amount of period there are some benefits for the user um we can't promise to the 60 dollar 
one-time purchase that they'll get all the upgrades forever. Right. Because that's not, like, forever is a very difficult word. <laughs> like, which, like, my forever or in 60 years? The co- I mean, I'm I'm probably going to be gone. Like, <laughs> you, it's kind of difficult. So we, we just promise that it's always the most value for money. And, like, mm-hmm. maybe we'll introduce a few, we haven't yet, but maybe we'll introduce a very, very big new feature in the future that needs another payment or something but we haven't done yet and 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 that model with cascable has been working okay for us like it's been working okay like the combination of the one-off purchases and the subscriptions Mm -hmm. we have some recurring revenue plus one-off payments and and it's okay like it's you know we're not in a desperate need to revamp our business or anything like that it's good we will see what kind of firestorm happens if we ever do try to charge for a new feature to the to the the folks that aren't subscribed, but we'll we'll cross that bridge for the when we come to it. But for Photo Scout, the we can't offer the one off thing because it just costs money to run. Like mm-hmm. the weather data, the sunset vibrancy data, all that kind of stuff like costs us money per like every time we talk to the weather provider to get a weather forecast, that costs money. Not a lot, but it but it adds up like with, with you know, hundreds of users, thousands of users the more scenes they make, it just costs more. And there's no way for us to do like a non-subscription purchase there and not go underwater Yeah. Uh, on, on that particular user. And, you know, I personally don't like subscriptions either, but I also like the roof over my head. So we <laughs> we, we, we have to make money just to mm. pay the bills. Um, so mm. we, we've gone subscription only on this. Um and on top of those data providers as well, this app has a server. Like there are servers running, and the way they work is they they run like the core app on mm-hmm. the server, and then the the server sees that there's a a match for the user scene coming up. It'll issue a push notification and whatnot. But the only way to do that is to just do it over and over and over again. So when your scenes are synced, they're they're in our server as well, and every um, every few minutes it will pull that scene it will run it it'll get the weather data for it and then it'll see and yeah so that that we would we have no choice but to work it like that so even if you're not using the app like we're requesting weather data on your behalf to, to see if that's going on so that it just it just costs money over time and our hope is that we can price it such that the because there's, there's going to be the user that sets up a thousand scenes and costs us hundreds of dollars a month um <laughs> but hopefully <laughs> on average the amount we charge minus the amount the app costs is is <laughs> a positive number. Yes, a positive number. So, so there's something so. left over for us each month. Yeah, no, we want a positive number to go into our bank account, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, so yeah, and we've put a little. Ex- I've put a little explanation in the app, just kind of explaining that we have to go subscriptions just because it costs money every minute it's run. Yeah, and hopefully we'll we'll do. We might have to adjust the price up or down as things goes on hopefully i think we're okay but we'll see as it scales and more people use it um, mm-hmm. we we have two kind of tiers as well so if somebody just wants something really basic they can pay less money and they get less scenes and less we run their scenes less often so mm. we're paying less in weather data or all the like the full tier we run it yeah. more often and you have unlimited scenes and widgets and blah 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 so yeah but but it, it's going to be a mm-hmm. Uh, a balancing act i think like i hope we've got it right because changing price is like kind of sucks for everybody involved especially like the app store is nice for the consumer because if we go down everybody gets a cheaper price the next time they're renewed but if we go up the user like we can set it up so people who subscribed at the lower price keep the lower price (laughs) so we will think but fingers crossed we got it right but i i'm i'm a programmer not a business person really so we'll, yeah it's good yeah, after we'll wait see. and see um, right yeah, yeah yeah fingers crossed yeah well just to read that back because i i think it's it's sorry that's consu- a very long-winded answer no yeah, no it's it's a great answer <laughs> because it's very illuminating because as a consumer you know i don't know what's going on back there i don't know mm. i don't know how much your work you're putting into it it's it the perception a lot of times with apps is that they're somebody built it once and they threw it out there and they're just hoping it sends them a bunch of money every month yeah, and yeah that's all they have to do and they're often working on their next project the the knowledge that there are hard costs associated with every scene that you create in the app <laughs> um, you know that's gonna right now i've got like six scenes that i made just playing with the app 
Well, now I'm going to go delete the ones I really don't want. Oh, no, no, no. No, I'm well, <laughs> but, but it's something I've, I've got to think about as a consumer. It's like, is this a <laughs> what I don't want is to really fall in love with this app and have you be in a year go, man, this was a stupid idea. Um, we've lost, <laughs> you know, $50,000 in weather data charges. In weather data, yeah, yeah. So we're going to just stop supporting the app and, and it, it's going to go to a native app instead of a cloud based app, right? So. What's not happening is my phone isn't sitting there crunching data every no. five minutes. No. And no. you're doing all that on the back end. Yep. That's right. And that's saving me battery. That's saving me uh, bandwidth and all of that data and all of that stuff. So those are savings on my end and costs on your end. And appreciating that is important, I think. That was not something I, I picked up from reading the stuff that I read in the app. So maybe people hearing this will appreciate more of the work put into it and, and the work that goes on behind the scenes to keep it running. It is <laughs> worth, the, yeah. it is worth the money. Is valuable. Um, <laughs> oh, thank you. you know, if you think about the time, you know, my time is, isn't that valuable, but it's somewhat, it's got a value. <laughs> and if I'm spending, is my, some of my time is valuable. So if I'm spending an hour scrutinizing five, five different apps to determine whether or not I go out and shoot the sunset, instead of just waiting for that push notification to tell me it's a green light, then it, that's time saved on my end. And so that has value. So I think the days of expecting that a free app is going to be the end all and beat all tool for photography is, is really pretty naive. I think we have to we have to pay for these things. And I think the subscription makes sense because... It's an ongoing service. It's not just an app, right? It's a service. And that's yeah, important yeah. to keep in mind. Oh, yeah. On a personal level, I try to avoid subscriptions for software as well. Because like you said, it's death by a thousand cuts. There's so many. And we avoid it where we possibly can. But in, the, in this case, we just kind of have to. I really like this idea. And my sincere hope is we can build it and add more things to it and, and grow it. And it's a really cool tool. Um, All right, I, I I have a question, and I suspect the answer is no. So I, I'm not trying to like like put this in a bad light, but um, as we're talking, you're getting all sorts of sources from from various weather services, and you're processing and all that on a server. What happens if I am out of range? Mm. So so I've you know gone to the middle of some desolate place to go shooting. Is there a way for me to, to maybe save the fact that I know that the moon's going to be over this like like amazing sand dune, whatever, but it's going to be in the middle of the desert and I may not have connection there. Can I set this up so that I will know, all right, according to this, my best chance is to be at this location on this day at this time, even though it may not be updating, you know, constantly because I've I've gone out of range, but I at least have that that marker, and mm. then the rest of it is sort of going back to, all right. Well, now I'm going to take my chance and hope that I that I get a good situation because I've I've had more information to get me there. Does that sound um, about right? Yes, that that will work with some caveats. So the if you open the app and you see your list of scenes, and you can tap on one, and you'll see. Uh, like a, a graph of the next few days with some like lines showing you sort of, you know, if you've got rainfall or what have you or mm -hmm. um, any weather, it'll show you like, you know, your cloud, this is the cloud cover and it'll go up and down. And there'll be like purple boxes on that chart of time, if you like. And those boxes are when everything matches. That is run on device. So you don't need a server okay. for that. The caveat is that the so you won't get notifications because they do require like you know we, the server needs to get to your device so right if you don't open the app you'll come back into range and again get, get a ton of notifications and be sad basically because <laughs> you missed everything but uh, the, we we do like the app itself does run on device so all all the calculations are done locally okay if it can't connect to the network to get weather or what have you then you'll get kind of like a dotted box. And that's mm. like, okay, with the information we have, here is the time, but we don't know because we don't know what the weather is. Okay. So it's kind of like a, a partial match, if you like, like a best chance. Yeah. Um, if everything you set up requires some kind of network connection, so like if you want northern lights while it's clear, but there's a both, like we need to get a forecast from somewhere for those mm -hmm. so that you'll get nothing. The app does save the last weather report it got for a while 
like mm. we'll cache that for a while so you will have some data there but eventually that will that will run out so we do the best we can okay it sounds as if i'm not just going to be going out into the middle of nowhere and not having any information like no, even no, if it's can, partial information do... even if it's a, a a direction and a rough time then that gets me there and then that still you know gets me to that point where, hey, I am out in nature and I might get totally skunked, but maybe not. Maybe it'll be amazing, which is kind of what happens now if you don't use any of these services. Like, yeah, yeah. So, and, you know, I mean, there, there's value in that too, just, just being out there. And, you know, as photographers, uh, we have all had times when everything looks great and then like some low clouds roll in and then everything just goes all to crap. And, that's okay. That, that's part of the experience. But being able to have more information yeah, yeah. and a better chance of seeing what I'm going after can make a huge difference, even if it's not up to the yeah, minute. Yeah, yeah. And, and even if you're out there, like, and you want, oh, oh, this is a really cool, like, where I'm standing now is really brilliant. Like, the sun position and, and all those kind of things, face of the moon, position of the moon, all that kind of stuff is all local. That mm -hmm. doesn't need a network. So you can actually set that up while you're there. Oh, okay. And even with no internet mm -hmm. connection, you can see if... if um, if you can get it while you're there. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's good. So that's, yeah. I, I do want to talk about, you know, the use, the use of the app on the ground. Cause there's one thing to sit at home and be like, I'm dreaming of these scenarios and let me know when it's going to happen. One of the ways I've always used these apps is leaning really heavily on the AR, the augmented reality part of it, where you're holding up the camera and you're, you're pointing it at the, at the bridge or whatever. And you're like, when mm -hmm. is the moon going to be right there? Yeah, yeah. And so that's what I did yesterday is I went to the location where I would take the actual photo and I used the AR and, and lined up the moon. And it's really cool. Uh, I haven't seen any other app do this where you basically say, I want uh, this type of moon phase and I want it to be in this part. And you draw a box in the sky, right? Or, or you can expand or contract that box in the sky and it will calculate when the moon will be within that box in the phase that you've described. That's right, yeah. Now, what you just told me is that that's all a local calculation. That's something I can do without a cloud connection or an internet connection. That's right, yeah. That is a wonderful tool. <laughs> and I've done this so many times when there's been celestial event, like an eclipse or something like that, or a special full moon. I've gone around neighborhoods and just stood there with my phone and like, no, nah, it's not going to line up right. So I walk down the street a little bit and I, oh, it's not going to line up right. And I do this a lot. All of that is to say is at this particular time of this particular day, is the moon going to be right there? That's always been the approach that I've taken. I know that there's going to be a full moon, a special mm -hmm. full moon at a certain time. Can I find a way to line that up? What I love about your app, is I can go to that location and say, just tell me when the moon's going to line up the way I want. Don't make me do all this walking around. <laughs> right? Don't make me do all this. And it will say, yeah, November, November 6th. And, you know, it'll be dark. The moon will be full and mm. it'll be right there. Now, what's not on that layer is, will it be cloudy or not? And I can add that requirement yeah. if I want. But my first question is, is it possible for me to get the moon lined up right here? And... All the other apps I've used are like, no, you have to work <laughs> to figure that out. And this one is like, yeah, it's possible, just not today. I think <laughs> I think you're gonna, gonna you're gonna have to add in in the next version another layer so that uh, you know that that when Mason is out wandering neighborhoods randomly, whether there have been any any <laughs> any police reports of a of a weirdo uh, <laughs> pointing his phone at people's houses, <laughs> get a little notification. Yeah. The cops are on yeah. their way. You might want to leave now. Yeah, there's another requirement. <laughs> Let me know if I'm being tracked. It's it's just a really useful tool, and I'm I'm jazzed to use it. I want to ask though, in this planning mode, you know, where I'm saying I want to have the I have a location right, and I'm using this augmented reality, and I'm I'm aiming my camera phone at the at the bridge and all of that. One of the things that I really like is that it'll tell me opportunities. It'll give me specifics, like it's uh, going to be available on this date. Or it'll say, you know, your next available conditions are here and here and here. What I haven't done yet, and I want people to understand this with your your app is what makes it different, is I can set up all these things in the planning mode. And then down at the bottom of the scene, I've set my requirements and all that. And then there's this section on notifications. And that's the part that I think is really fun. I can do all this planning and it tells me, hey... Your moon isn't going to line up with your bridge until November. I'm like, great. I'm not going to remember that. 
right. So I can click here and it says I can have it notify me the day before or an hour before, and I can even have it a custom sound. So this is something I've really started to leverage with my phone as I get older. <laughs> like I want you to tell me when I need to be somewhere. And this app will do that. And no other planning, no other photo planning app gives me that. I would have to go set a custom notification in my reminders or my calendar or whatever. So I really appreciate that that feature. Is that running on the cloud or is that native? So if I lose my um, internet signal or lose my cellular signal, am I still going to get those notifications? Are they set in my calendar or whatever? Or is that a cloud-based no, notification? Not. So <clears throat> calendar is a good idea. But no, we the notifications is, is all server-based right now. Um, okay. On iOS, so the the tricky thing and, and the reason we don't do any background processing on iOS is because, so iOS is really, really, really focused on right. battery life and efficiency. Yeah. So you can ask the operating system to like, hey, can you just run this little thing like in an hour? Um, and, and we get the opportunity to wake up and just do a little bit of processing and, and we could do it locally like that, but that's whether we get that is very heavily dependent on basically the uh, the phases of the moon but this isn't so that would be good but like whether we get that or not is very up to the operating system and as you stop using the app we're less likely to get that background time until we don't get any background time and for an app like this that's potentially the user wants to just use it for an hour set it all up and then leave it mm. like we have no guarantees we'll ever be able to wake up again mm. if the app isn't actively used by the user so we made the decision to do all that kind of stuff on the background okay I'm sorry in in the server um so it's just pushing cause, cause to we, the phone yeah yeah so so it's really good for battery life as well because we just send the notification and nothing else um yeah, it, it does have the, the downside of needing an internet connection for when the notification comes. We do have the widget, which you can put on your home screen, and that will just always be there. I like the calendar idea. The tricky thing with the calendar is if you have an event for them, they change so much that your calendar mm. will just always be changing. Um, yeah. Yeah. And you get yeah, notifications yeah. that your calendar changed. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> we, you're like, we, we ah, need to silence, be... silence. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we need to be careful about that. But um, yeah, yeah, it's one of the, the, the tricky things about iOS in particular is yeah. reliable background execution. I should know this answer. Is there a, a an Apple Watch component to this? <laughs> or, or maybe that does something in the future other than, of course, just getting notifications? No, not yet. But we, that's a good idea. Yeah, it's, I'm not sure what we would do maybe just because we've thought about a little viewer where because you've got those like if you open the ios app you have the mm-hmm. cards making just like kind of flick through those on your watch that would be nice um yeah we, we haven't really yeah. thought about a way to do it well yeah especially like because apple love to push the especially with the big watch yeah. the outdoorsy kind yeah. of hiking i was just thinking like so it you know be a, nice a, to kind of hook into that, a widget that you can put on there yeah. that will say this is the next photo scout opportunity that's coming up sort of like i, I mean like now I, I have the the sunrise and sunset just so that i know you know sunset's going to be at this time mm-hmm. um oh i see yeah that's complication yeah a complication that says you have a you have a mm. scene coming up in three hours you know or the, your next scene is on this date at this time um, okay, I like oh, that. Look yeah. at you. you know, I, I've got the, the outdoorsy <laughs> watch, right? So I can, oh, yeah, I, can I have room here. for that on my yeah. big screen. I know it's so fancy. I'm so outdoorsy. But yeah, I I hadn't even thought of the watch, Jeff, until you bring it up. And this brings me to another I, another comment. So much of the iPhone, I mean, going all the way back to Steve Jobs uh, announcing the first iPhone <laughs> and saying, you know, you don't even know how much you need this, <laughs> right? So as a photographer, uh, I mentioned that I don't like clutter. My creative process works best when things are very simple and easy. And I have found that w- adding the smartphone into the process, and I've mentioned this many times in this interview, it has made it more complicated um, to the point where I almost have gotten a bit uh, resentful mm-hmm. of the technology. And like, I just, just leave it in my pocket and mm-hmm. not, not look at it. And I think that the simplicity of this app 
makes it more appealing to me, especially for the planning aspects and the fact that it's just going to, it's just going to be a simple push notification when it's time to go. Um, that sort of thing. I'm wondering if we are headed, you know, thinking long-term and we're going to throw out AI and all of these terms that we like to talk about on the show. Are we headed to a place where we don't sit down and do planning in these apps where, you know, photo scout, 2026 is, hey, we know you're a photographer. You paid for this app and we know where you are. These things are happening tomorrow or these things are happening later today where you're just going to get push notifications based on past behavior or past interests. And you're not going to be thinking about, I want the moon to line up with that bridge. You're going to be thinking about, I just want to take cool pictures and I don't want to worry about all this stuff. Where does all this go? (laughs) I'm asking to look way over the horizon, but you're you're a guy that's looking over the horizon. Where does all this go? That's a very good question. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> you just added you just added hours and hours. And <laughs> I'm sorry, that's not very helpful. So right now we. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. So we are. One thing I really want to get in for 1.0, which we haven't done yet, and as of recording is two weeks away um mm. is kind of that but much simpler so like because if you're just somewhere or maybe you're going somewhere and rather than setting up like a sunset one and a, a northern lights one or a crescent moon one you can just push a button and tell it a location it's right okay so interesting things that are happening today and tomorrow where you where you are or where you said are there's a really, really strong sunset, like the 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 moon is full, or the the northern lights are very mm-hmm. common. Like just just like interesting stuff. So if you don't, if you just like, uh, just tell me interesting stuff that might be happening. I don't know. It can do that, and we really want to do that. But that's not AI. That's not the the, the right now. We mm. don't want to know where you are. Like we we're trying to build this in a privacy focused way. So mm. we don't know your email address. We don't know anything about you. But the problem is we do need to know the location to run it on the back end. So if you call yeah. something home and then put the pin on your house, then in our server is a location and the word home. Now, we don't know who you are, so we only know it's somebody's home. But right. you know, we, we, we don't want right. to know. I, there's no reason for us to know. Like We're, we're building an end-to-end encrypted thing because we want photos as well like you know the little graphics we have we want you to be able to put a photo of your own there right so you can actually see what the scene is that you're you're taking a picture of but having somebody else's photos on your server Mm. is just a nightmare so we we just want to end-to-end encrypt it so we don't Mm. actually have your photos we just have like an encrypted blob that we can't get at because you care about your photos, we we don't want to know them. We um, don't. Um, <laughs> so this this kind of AI thing is is kind of tricky because that needs to kind of keep track of where you're going and where you are. And, and mm-hmm. it would be cool. It would be cool. It'd be cool. Um, I I, but... I feel like I feel like I've ceded a certain amount of my privacy to technology, and I'm I'm, I'm comfortable with that, like location mm-hmm. data. You know, I I am a little creeped out that I might mention something to my wife in the kitchen and two days later it's a Facebook <laughs> ad, right? Yeah. That part creeps me out. But my phone with an app that I purposefully bought for photo planning, knowing that I'm going to Costa Rica in two weeks and I'm going to be there for this span of time because it's on my calendar and all my flight data is on my calendar. And <laughs> I've told the app that it's okay to look at my calendar. I think it would be really cool to have something pop up. Yeah, maybe maybe it's in a widget um, where mm. it says, hey, Sunday night, looks like it's going to be an awesome sunset where you're headed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I can I can see that being a really useful bit of and I don't feel I don't feel intruded on. <laughs> with that. But that's me. Um, I also don't have a bunker, (laughs) you know, know, I'm not, I'm not wearing a foil hat when I sleep and that sort of stuff. So maybe I'm more permissive, but I think that that, that type of, and the AI part of it would be, we, we know that this is the type of thing that you enjoy. You've Mm -hmm. asked for this, uh, and your behaviors, you know, we're reading your behaviors and you're, you know, when you're awake and when you're not and all of that, and we're, we're paying attention, but 
it's just uh, looking over the horizon. That's that's the stuff I think about. Like, what are we, what are we not? What do we not know that we need yet? That we're going to someday be like, I don't know how we lived without this. Yeah. Well, and yeah, that would be cool. I'm I'm really glad you brought that up, and I'm really glad that you answered it the way you did, Daniel, because knowing how this data is actually being handled is another core component, especially when you have something that is location focused. And mm-hmm. I mean. Honestly, I I should have thought of this and I didn't think about it because I make the assumption that that for an app like this from a developer that I trust that my location isn't going to be given away or uh, you know aggregated to something else. But it's it's great to hear you say that no, we're working on setting up something that has an end-to-end encrypted stream of data because we don't want to know where you are. You want to know where you are, and we can give you some information based on that. But we don't have to do that, and you're not going to – you're a business owner. Maybe you will, but I'm assuming that you're not going to be like, hey, you know, I can sell all this geographic data to a, a firm that will, you know, hoover up all this stuff on my users. And, I mean, I'm assuming that that is not your secondary revenue source for this app. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely not. No, if we um... – are like not wanting to have your data is all is it's, we, we can i can say that i'm a very very trustworthy super nice person but i mean there's no reason for anybody to take me at my word for that right? yeah but kind of selfishly as well if we don't have any data we can't leak it if right. we get hacked because you know we do our best we do a, a very good faith effort to do the best we possibly can but it seems like everybody gets hacked at some point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if we don't have the data, we can't accidentally, you know, leak it or, you know, have it taken by backers or, you know, just make a mistake. If we don't have the data to start with, we can't, we're, we're kind of safe in that way. That if we do make a mistake and, and all of the scenes are listed, it's just a, a list of locations and there's no personal data next to it. Um, yeah. So it's it's kind of a liability thing as well, and like with the images thing, there's if you ever build anything that lets a user upload a picture, you're gonna get a bad picture pretty pretty quickly, and like we we don't want that, like and we don't want to deal with the legal ramifications of any of that. So we, mm-hmm. we if we end to end encrypt them, they're not pictures anymore by the time they get to us. It's just just garbage data that we still. Um, so that saves us from that headache as well. So. There's like on a personal level, I I like privacy focused apps and I want to do my best. But also from a company level, if we don't have anything, we just save ourselves the the effort and the the headache and the liability of actually looking after that data safely. I'm really glad that we've gone down this little rabbit hole too, because I suspect that there's probably some people who are listening to this who probably thought, oh, it's a neat app that takes some weather information and mixes it together and shows you, you know, oh, here's here's a good sunset. And I love that we've really shown that, no, there's a lot more to it. It's not just grabbing public data sources and throwing them together. It's interface. It's user experience. It's data security. It's figuring out all the computing resources on the back end and how that's going to affect Mm -hmm. cost of running the business and all of these things that most people don't think about. But I think photographers can think about because we also end up thinking about things like where are our pictures going and where does my my gear come from? And Mm -hmm. I think it slots together well, but it's good to have it out there and said so there aren't any false assumptions. Yeah, yeah. Like we 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 have like a privacy policy on our website, and we've just basically just written everything we do. Like, we, and we say like we if you write the word my house or like Daniel Kennett's house, and then the location of your house, then technically we have that data. But like we, everything else is all anonymous and things. Um, the the point of it being horrendously complex on our side is there's a quote from somebody, and I forget who said it. And it's, I'm sorry for the long letter. Mm-hmm. I didn't have time to write a short one. Um, <laughs> and that like, we, we could have delivered an app that told you this like a year ago, but we've but making it simple and easy to use and, you know, with decent data kind of behaviors and, and all this has just taken so much time to get it right. Because 
is just a ton of work like the it is yeah. it's kind of an odd thing about software development like quite often if you see an app uh, on any platform and it looks like really sleek and I say, like, oh that doesn't do much versus an app with like a million buttons everywhere often the the simple app has had like a ton of work put into it so mm-hmm. there aren't a thousand buttons everywhere and it just does what you want it to do um so it's, it's kind of an interesting part of software development, I think. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this yeah. is something that, that I look for in apps is the the craft of it. And this has been an issue with Mac software you know, and iOS software going back. There is an intrinsic experience to it. And you can tell when something has been refined and iterated such that it seems very easy for you as the user, as the person doing it that you know that no there's a whole bunch of work that's gone into it and i mean i'm you know much more likely to support apps that have craft even apps that i probably won't even use very much you know you'll have something that comes up on daring fireball or something i'd be like oh well if john really likes how this is crafted then it deserves a look and i think that's that's a big deal well i think another thing i want to add to that jeff is the when I get an app that is technical, like like this type of app, um, the help functions, the tutorials, the supporting information that is or is not included with the app tells me a lot about how much has been put into the app. And I, you know, I just wanted to point out that there is a huge, <laughs> the, under the little help icon, there's a huge amount of resources here on every aspect of this app. And they aren't just the basics, like they're full descriptions with with images and it's really well put together and well thought out daniel you don't you don't know this but i teach a lot of photography classes and i'll point apps i'll point people to apps a lot of times i'll be like hey get this app and and i'll get an email from two weeks later like i got that app i don't get it can you help me with it and i'm like oh god that was a mistake (laughs) i would point people at this app and say if you have questions hit that question mark button because the answer is in there and I would know that they're going to find out what they need to find out. Okay. So that's an important part of this. So in, in, aside from the user interface and the functionality of the app and the smoothness of, of all of that, the fact that you have taken a very complicated series of functions, simplified them, but then backed them up with education really makes it a full-featured app. And this is brand new. This is v1 right so yes, yeah. i can't imagine where we're going to be looking at yeah. in four years right it's going to be amazing fingers crossed yeah yeah so so i, I just picked my phone up then because um a fun <laughs> i guess fact depends how fun you are i suppose but um every photo in the app i or my wife took except oh. one which came from a stock photo site and in my eyes it sticks out like a sore thumb because like, <laughs> i guess all the photos we take have their their own kind of personal style to them mm-hmm. um uh-huh. yeah uh and then the one that i didn't have an example photo for i had to use a stock photo site and it, and it, it, to me obviously because i didn't take it it like really sticks out but uh um i don't <laughs> know funny. yeah that's there awesome. you go, listeners. Now you have a scavenger hunt. Yeah, yeah. Find see if you can get it. <laughs> find the picture that. <laughs> well, I just started looking. I was like, "Where is it?" So, uh, <laughs> so, like, so I was going to say like the the um, the sunset ones. We have some examples. So they were. So one of the services we use for sunset vibrancy gives just a number. So like today's sunset will be seventy two percent vibrant. It's like. <laughs> That is not that is not useful. So, I ended up sending up my drone above my house every single day for about three months. So, okay, wow. seventy whatever percent is this photo, and then ah. so just to kind of get an idea of what that meant. And you you made a comment earlier about like you got a super cool photo, and then just like a cloud rolls through. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. that, that happened a couple of times as well. Uh, and the bad example in there, of like the app says it's going to be a good sunset but a cloud can roll through at just the wrong time is in there um yeah i find that kind of funny uh, that mm-hmm. happens to everybody yeah. i didn't even considered that you would have to put an actual uh you know image to data to correlate well yeah that's <laughs> like, a, like painstaking process yeah like rain chance and things you can kind of get right right um but something that and if we're going to give it to users and and tell them to go and take photos based on you know this number or this metric i i need to understand what it means um 
And sometimes you just kind of got to look every day until, until you figure it out. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. So we will have links in the show notes to where you can get this. Where can we find more information for somebody who doesn't go to the show notes? Obviously, go to the App Store. But where can we find this on the web? So the, uh, the, the app will be at photo-scout.app mm-hmm. uh, online. We have social media. I have social media. The company has social media. We kind of moved away from Twitter a little bit when it became not Twitter. So if, if your user's <laughs> name Mastodon, we're on there now. Yep. Um, uh, Photo Scout. If, if you just search for Photo Scout on Mastodon, okay. we'll come up. Or me, Daniel Kenner. I'm on, on there as well. Um, they're the best places. Um, we Because this has been, like personally, this, this app is the, like in my career, the, the, the most craftful app, if you like, I've built. Um, mm. I'm quite pleased with it. So I'm, I'm, on the social media, I'm going to put a bunch of articles on how we built it and some of the neat things that selfishly I spent a ton of time on, but nobody will notice. But if I write an article <laughs> about it, people will notice. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Um, so so we'll, we'll put some background information and things up. Cause it's, awesome. it's, especially in this 1.0, like I've chosen what I think the best kind of requirements to start like you know people are going to want weather and sunsets and things but like in this conversation with you like a bunch of cool ideas have come up and and it, i can't do them all like well, you have to ship this at some point <laughs> yeah. to, to, to make some money but like the yeah we've been running a test flight kind of beta on this for about six months now and uh nobody's paying yet so we we, we got to sell it at some point yeah. but uh yeah um like we want to hear what people want to do and then add it because I have a list that's super long, but I, I'm beyond the point that I know what people are really going to want. So actually hearing from folks yeah. is going to be super nice. I think that'll be nice. You've got a couple of weeks. Yeah. You, can, yeah. you can put our stuff at the top of the list. Just yeah, squeeze it in just there. Get our stuff done. <laughs> so we get yeah. all of the international flight databases yeah. and no yeah. fly zones yep. in, in. Okay. Yep. It's all, it's all <laughs> just out there. I mean, programming's not hard, is it? <laughs> not, not no, 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 no. It's just copy. I mean, I mean, it's it's yeah, easy, exactly. like photography. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have a good computer so I can write good code. So, exactly. Yeah. Just, it's, it's the same logic. Oh my God. Same logic. <laughs> it's a beautiful app. You must have your, a really good computer. Your, <laughs> yeah, your computer must write really great programs. Oh, man. Well, Daniel, this has been a lot of fun and, and very uh, educational for me. I, I've never coded anything and i don't know anything about building apps but i know how to i know about using them and this is an app that i really have enjoyed and i intend to subscribe to because it's uh, oh, it's going to replace it's going to replace a lot of the apps that i've had to kind of ping around yeah. on when i'm planning and, and executing outdoor photography so this, <laughs> this is going to save me some time so it's worth some money and it's great to know that it's supporting uh, nice people and, and good people that are looking out for our best interests and and trying to make good products and it's not going to some um, billionaire who wants to shoot it off into space (laughs) as a random example (laughs) just a random example no this has been great thank you so much for being on the show thank you for having me i really appreciate it thank you all right all right that was good